Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Live from the parking lot outside of the George Santos Congressional Office, you know, it's I'm gonna let you finish. You do this. I think I think of Stefan, my favorite. <laughs> Live, it's I'm gonna let you finish with. Oh, my levels are so high, honey. My levels are so high. Just Live, like you. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. um, it's it's. I don't even know who uh, we so are. You're on the show, you know. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I mean, it's, please, no disrespect, but if you're actually turning onto the show, you know who we are, and we continue to be the same people. Yep, and you know, Hi. we tape in the mornings, and sometimes we can say who we are, and some days we're just like, you know, <laughs> I, know. I have no idea, but we made it. We made it. All right, so. A few things happened this weekend. Let's start with the one that everybody saw, except for people in New York, which is uh, the Chris Rock special. Oh, yeah, that did happen. Yeah. So I I like Chris Rock a lot. I mean, I mm-hmm. think Chris Rock is very funny. I've always mm-hmm. thought Chris Rock is very funny. I think like a lot of comedians, it was first off, it was Netflix's first foray into live television, which is kind of interesting. Right. When you think about it, because all the comedic specials we've seen, people can edit. Um, mm-hmm. And um, in fact, one of the complaints about, well, there's been many complaints about the show, but one of the complaints about the show is that the man who directed it only does live television stuff, like award shows, and that they said he was shooting this like it was an award show, but that's too technical for me. So anyway, mm-hmm. he did a show called Selective Outrage. Uh, <clears throat> Um, I don't know what was hanging out of his back pocket. What was hanging out of his back pocket? He had some crazy outfit on. Yeah. I yeah. Um, the big payoff was his finally, officially, to a nationwide international audience, addressing uh, Will Smith smacking him. And the re- up until that point, I mean, I think Chris Rock is very funny. Is he kind of got the same material? I mean, it's like, I really don't, it's, some of the jokes were like, um, like, Kardashians? Dumb. <laughs> no, no, not dumb. Not dumb at all. I don't think mm. they were dumb. Mm. I think he's very smart. But they mm. were just like, we've heard this. I can't hear him 
um, talk, I, the stuff when he talks about the women he dates, I just find, and that's getting most of the heat, actually, mm-hmm. what he says about women. I, I'm sorry, when you're Chris Rock and you're that old and you're that rich, you are not dating women who want you to pay for their babysitter. I mean, you're just not. And if you are, then it's your fault, you know? Um, I thought the stuff about his daughter was actually really good. It was really interesting. Um, you know, I think the stuff about selective outrage was interesting that we do get upset about stuff when we feel like it's important and not, but obviously the, the bit I thought he talked about, I don't know why everybody's talking about, well, I know everybody's talking about trans rights now because the Republicans are making it an issue when nobody could give a flying blank about it. Um, when I thought he was way more empathetic than Dave Chappelle, but that's a really low bar, isn't it? Um, and then, okay, so the payoff was um, was the uh, the the Will Smith. That's where he really just went full out. So, what did you think of that part of it? I don't care. I well, didn't care. Why, for, I mean, I don't I mean, no, like like no, the truth is like I didn't care from the beginning. I think he has a right to, you know, it happened to him, so right. he had the right to to, you know, kind of put his feelings out, have everyone to do it. I'm actually glad he didn't do some sit-down interview that everybody thought he would have done, right. like, after it happened. I'm yeah, glad too. he did it in a comedy special. It is comedy. Watching, and he's right about the selective outrage. I've heard, I saw Stephen A. Smith and different people being like, you know, he called her out of her name. He's a stand-up comedian. Right. So everybody just needs to relax. The world will still keep turning. And you know what I mean? And everybody that we're talking about in this situation are all privileged people. No one will be destroyed by this message. And, you know, he had a right to say it. I'm not a huge stand-up comedy person. You know, I think we've had that conversation before. I've met Chris socially. I think he's a nice person. I've never been the biggest fan of his style of delivery. And there oh, were a I couple. Love it. You don't and, like that, like the the preacher yelling. And thing. I, oh, yeah. it drives me nuts. And there were a couple of times I felt like it was almost like he was so excited or something. He was overdoing it. And he kind of flubbed his jokes a few times. I, no, he he flubbed that one joke. Yeah. He did. He did. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just it just seemed like. Uh, but you know, I felt like he had the right to say it. He has the right to say anything he wants. And the people who I see defending Will Smith smacking somebody is bullshit. I don't care what you guys think of of him saying whatever. First of all, I still stand by everybody being outraged about that G.I. Jane joke is bullshit. And they're like, Jada has alopecia. Who knew that? I didn't know that. And let me just say this. Jada Pinkett Smith, to me, when I think of her, has always been a short-haired woman. But the Jada that everybody loves from all of the movies and all of the shows always had super short hair. I'm just thinking it's another short-haired Jada period. And again, Demi Moore looked kind of fierce in G.I. Jane. So, I mean, there's just that. A, you know, the worst part about that joke, it <laughs> mm-hmm. was like 25 years dated. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you could have done saying? a Wakanda joke yeah. about the women in that, yeah. you, you know? know what I'm so it's just kind of like, I thought the whole thing was dumb. And I do think he's right. You know what? All of these people who want to come back and they want to fucking uh, say that he deserved it. It's like, are the same people when they've been talking about all the speculation around Will and Jada's marriage for decades. Those same people were having those conversations. And you're right. When whatever happened in their marriage, and then there's some 
evidently an affair and you're sitting there and interviewing your partner about it and your guys put your shit out on front street. It's like, it's the same thing with Madonna. You can't be like, look at me, then get mad when people have commentary on what they're seeing. Only look at me in a positive light. You can't say look at me in a positive. No, I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people, I am never a fan of people calling women bitch and he did not say her name. So that's Mm -hmm. interesting. But you know what? That is his style. That's the way he talks. Mm-hmm. He talks about it. And people are bringing up his association. with. That's the way a lot of people talk. So everybody needs to calm down. Right. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I, like I said, I, I'm not a, I'm not a black woman. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly attuned mm-hmm. to sexism. Mm-hmm. I will say I have seen Chris Rock live twice, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it just sort of like, come on, we're still talking about women. Like, really, that's so much of an issue in your life. I it's people need to be honest. They're full of shit. Because no, but they, I think no, it's no, you, wanna, you wanna know why I think people are full of shit? And they're saying, oh, and he said this and she's a woman. Because five minutes ago, a black woman told us she was shot. And motherfuckers didn't believe her. They made fun of her. They made songs about her. They called her every kind of liar. So it is selective outrage, right? It's yeah. like we just and the truth of the matter is, and I will stand by this, and you can get mad at me. I do not care. The reason why we everybody actually still cares about her is because of her marriage with him. Like, if you think about who she was as an actor and the roles and what she was doing, her whole thing got elevated when she got with him because he was on such a rocket ride to huge mainstream worldwide success. And then for years, he was Mr. Fourth of July and the one of the biggest movie stars in the world, and he's a $30 million a movie man, and people love them as a unit, but people have also talked about them forever about a unit, saying they're swingers, they're this. They've said everything. So I'm not here for the selective outrage of, you know, two things can be right, you know what I mean? You can be upset you didn't like what he said, but you can also understand that maybe some of the shit he was saying is not a lie. No, yeah. You know? Anyway, like- so the, the show, uh, I was going to say, the show is, because we have a special guest today, the mm-hmm. journalist, professor, I should have given her more of a podcaster, radio host, and all around, I'm very excited. The only thing she's her. not is a choreographer, because she's everything yeah, else. Yeah, basically, yeah, she's not, <laughs> well, do we know this? I'm, we're going to have to ask her, because I really? feel like in a minute she's going to be like, well, you Sky know, Hook. I did. Wait, I do did. we know she's not a, she come might on, come Courtney, out we with, I yeah, started choreographing way, hip-hop videos, yeah, exactly, and then I decided, really. oh, I like yeah, it, and I Fatima Robinson, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know what really. I'm saying? Exactly. All right. Um, <laughs> just keeping briefly with hip-hop, the De La Soul party, which was the release party, the celebration of Dave was last I Thursday. Gone. I could have I mean, gone it looked like the go. greatest event yeah, of all time. Yeah. I was, yes, I was literally two days ago, year old, where I realized why they pitched, why they picked March 3rd as the release date. Okay, girl. <laughs> I literally went, oh, three is the magic number. Three is the magic number. <laughs> right. Well, look who it is. Can we just, um, very briefly, before we get to the amazing Skyhook, can we just say, speaking of Skyhook, 
Nick's baby. Nick's baby. Okay, let me just tell you Nick's something ba- right I now. I woke up it's on a dynasty. Monday. No, it's listen. It's a dynasty. I, I know we keep saying it's this. It's a like, motherfucking dynasty. Listen, I, I don't care. Nine no. games in a row to us no. in New York at this, this point is a dynasty. Before. And I woke up. <laughs> I'll take the crumbs. I I'll take, take I, I don't care. I woke up yesterday because mm-hmm. I couldn't make it to the double OT. I made mm-hmm. it to the end, but because a double OT in basketball could be three years. <laughs> I woke up. That morning, looking at my phone as if it was the 2016 election, not <laughs> wanting to see who won. And how will this determine my game, my day? No, I'm very happy, and it's a great time to be a Nick fan, and and we are being rewarded for our years of long suffering, and for long them to suffering. be bought long suffering, and for us to for them to win in Boston just makes it chef's freaking kiss on that. We beat Boston three times in Boston. this season, three times. It's like I'm praying this guy is not a Celtics fan. <laughs> She's like nodding her head. No. <laughs> All right, we are bringing on the beautiful, the wonderful, and I can't believe this is the first time we've ever met in person. And I'm putting this in quotes. Skyhook, who we've said is an educator, is a writer, is an editor, is a a host on uh, the morning show with Sway. She has the, as we said, you've done everything but choreograph Thriller at this point, right? Or did you choreograph? <laughs> no, because now we have a bet. I'm just like, because I said, well, the only thing she's not clearly is a choreographer, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. I think we, we need to an ask answer. because she's comes from this hip hop background. She could be like, well, you know, I started out choreographing yeah, hip hop yeah. videos, and then I just decided, wow. Right. <laughs> I, I was Latifah's hype man. Yeah. <laughs> of course, she would have been ten when she did that because <laughs> Ms. Hook, in her beautifulness, is younger than Courtney and I. So we may have to explain things like the '80s to her, but right. that's okay. No, we will not. Hi, <laughs> welcome to welcome to the jungle. Thank you for joining right. us. So cool. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate this. I've been looking forward to this for months. So I appreciate oh, it. Okay. Your life must be sad. It must very be so sad. sad. <laughs> you have a no, sad. Um, can I, I want to ask choreograph though? But is cheerleading in high school, so that probably doesn't count. Okay, and oh, kind of, oh, that's close. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I ran track in high school, and you don't have to ask me about the Olympics. So. Wait, I have a question. Do you work with Kelly Jackson? Is Kelly one of the- um? Kelly is a part of. She's family for sure. Um, mm-hmm. she is on Sway in the Morning. I'm not on Sway in the Morning. Mm-hmm. I am on the Wake Up Show, which was his oh, birth, I'm sorry. So. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's all fam. It's all mutually exclusive so he owns both of them so (laughs) (laughs) gotcha he's getting a check no matter what he's getting his due no matter what yeah so sky first of all you have the perfect name for being on radio it's like that name you can either be an artist or it's clearly like a a wnba player's name or radio absolutely for it's it's completely or if you're a dj it's the best name that could work across so many different disciplines and choreography i I appreciate that i'll tell you um obviously that isn't my real name right right, yeah what are you kidding I'm off shocked. the show. Get off the show. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, but my name is Sky. That is true. Mm. Uh, I had to fight about it on the playground, so it's it's real. Right. Um, but Hook, uh, some some little smart ass named Wyman, um, back when I was more involved in songwriting, um, I would not even hear a, a track all the way through, and I would have the hook already figured out. And oh. so they're like, you guys talk to Sky? No, you talk to Hook. And they were like, who? And they were like, Sky Hook. Like, 
what you calling her that for? And, and he's like, because she keeps writing all y'all's hooks. I did not <laughs> want that name. I wanted it to be right. called something completely different. But I, I put it on my first social media stuff as a joke for him to see that I knew he was a jerk. And when I went to change it, nobody could find me. So they're like, no, you have to keep that. So see, and I thought you was your tribute to Kareem, Ab- to Julius Irving and Kareem <laughs> Abdul Jabbar. I try not to get his attention ever. Why? <laughs> he's litigious. <laughs> he's what? 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 Litigious. litigious. Oh, yeah. That is true. That you is know. true. But yeah, I mean, it's better that than like. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but Scott. ball is nice for me, so everybody just assumed that I named myself that because I love basketball. Mm. Yay, Sky. Give us. Um. So, how did you have? I mean, I don't even know where to start with you. With like, how did you start doing it? I always know that when I am jealous of somebody's resume, that's always the best sign. Even though jealousy is a horrible thing, and I meditate not to have these negative emotions towards people, but <laughs> as a teacher, I can't help it. Um. How did you get your start? Where did where did the sky hook? Because as soon as you just said songwriter, Courtney's like, oh no, she, maybe she is a choreographer. We do. Need to check it out. <laughs> it's very possible now. How'd you get your start? Um. Wow, I don't even want to. Okay, I'm, I'll tell you. I I normally wouldn't, but I, I'll, I'll give y'all this. I actually got started. Um, my first thing I ever did in the industry, I used to host a music video show. Mm. Um, and I got the show cause I was dating, uh, somebody's younger brother, um, who was performing at the Superfest, and, um, oh my God, I'm dating myself big time, but, but I'm, oh no, no, um, no, don't so, worry. Don't worry. <laughs> because funny did you say, cause I talked about the Superfest last week and Amy was like, what's the Superfest? I'm like, you don't remember Budweiser Superfest? Um, excuse me. I did not say that. I said, I never went. I knew what the Superfest was. I had a small <laughs> child. I couldn't go out to Jersey to watch shenanigans. I had, I know what it was. So, um, I was in my, uh, I, I was younger, a lot younger. Mm. And, um, this, guy that I was dating, we were supposed to watch um, certain people perform because I had never seen him perform. And um, he came out from behind, from the dressing room. He was like, I heard all the dudes out here trying to get at you and you just cheesing and stuff on their face. And, like, so we're going back and forth and it wasn't a good day. All right? right. So I'm like sitting there like <laughs> trying not to cry in front of everybody. My mm-hmm. face is all like frowned up. And um, I was watching Drew Hill perform. Right. And um, they started singing Never Make a Promise. And I was looking at him like, You made all the promises, you like. You, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He wrote this song for us. <laughs> this song, you bastard. You know, I thought we were going to be listening to something else. And you out here talking about sleeping in my bed. What? Mm-hmm. So I was feeling away. And um, I was like, Just go back to the new edition dressing room. Just forget it. Just, I don't even want you standing here. You're making me upset. So he went back to the dressing room. And this camera crew came over and the guy was like, oh, we've been, we saw you all day and you have, you know, such a nice smile. Please don't be sad. Like you're making us want to cry watching you about to cry. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, kid. Scram, you bother me. Um, And he says, you know, if we interview you for our show, would that make you smile again? And I was like, show? What? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, sure, I'm bored. Why not? You know, so I'm they're asking me questions like, who did you love seeing? You know, Luther Vandross, Patty LaBelle, like all these amazing big names. And um, 
I see out the corner of my eye that Drew Hill is walking up. And I'm talking into a mic and I'm looking into a camera. So I was like, why not? I was like, Drew Hill, you want to come over? (laughs) Because we're backstage, right? Right. So I was like, Drew Hill, you want to come over for a quick interview? And their mouths drop like, no, this heifer isn't. No, she's not. I sit there and I interviewed them. And I was like, all right, back to you. (laughs) Like, I was like, that's gay, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, fellas, you know, whatever. And I went on about my way and they called me the next day. And I had just gotten um just gotten back from the gym and out of the shower. I just washed my hair. I looked like a soaking wet rat. And they were like, Can you come back down here? I was like, What? No, what do you for what? What are you talking about? And they're like, Well, you know, we're going through the videos, we're going through the tape, and we've been looking for a host for this show for the last 18 months. And wow. We think that you connect, so could you come back? And I was like, I don't look like I did yesterday. And they're like, well, we already saw you yesterday, so it's fine. So I was like, I mean, I guess. So I grabbed a couple friends and um, went back. And by the end of the day, I was, like, interviewing the janitor, you know. So, Michael, when you meet, you know, whatever. whatever. And doing all these fake interviews. And um, by the end of the day, I had uh, I had the gig, and I had a contract by the end of the week. Um, wow. Where yeah. uh, where was this? What city was it? It was on basic cable all over this country. I don't want to draw a lot of attention to it. It's quite all right. I ain't on it. And uh, <laughs> I was and on VH1 I, I when there was still a hyphen between the H and the 1. So that's how far back I got. That's and I did local video at Columbia Records. So I know all of the shows all across right. the country. Right. All those small right. local. I, that was my gig servicing. Like when I first started at Columbia and I would service all of those shows. And let me just tell you something. It's like. We have I, to stop find another verb well, besides service. Well, I know, I know that, I know that it's different now the way people receive their videos and stuff. But for a long period of time, local video was really important in helping break a lot of artists. There were so many artists that weren't getting national play, and we would start that at local video, and they would really in those markets. Help blow up. Oh, this these was a national artists. show. It was yeah. This this was a national mm-hmm. show, but mm-hmm. um, I I saw that it was still on. Um, <laughs> I was when I have to be on sway in the morning. I I stay like close to serious because if you mm-hmm. are not on time, buddy, you will mm-hmm. be sitting in that. Well, I don't know if everybody. I Sky, I get put on timeout sometimes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're late, you stay in that lobby and you think about what you did. You know what I mean? Right. But um, so I try to stay close, so I'm not in caught up in traffic. I'm not any way kind of messed up. And um, I woke up middle of the night. I, I felt like I was having an asthma attack or something. And I woke up and I hear this talking while I'm looking for something to do about this asthma situation. <laughs> the show was on. This is a few years ago. Mm-hmm. The show was on and it had like some guy hosting it now or whatever. But I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Are you serious? <laughs> but yeah, it was on in, in the city. So, uh, you know, God bless them. Man. And so then from there, you they gave you the, you got the radio show. And then when did you start writing? Um, I started writing. It was funny. I had some guys who were starting a group, and these are my boys from for life, you know. And um, they wanted me to write for a, a girl, and I was like, "Sure, no problem." So they're trying to find a, a woman to add to their group, and I'm, you know, writing with these songs. 
trying to help them find that woman. And um, one time I was on, I thought, mute during a conference call. Uh-oh. And <laughs> the light paper thin came up on Music Choice on my TV. And I got up, put the phone down. I went in the kitchen. I got like some Kool-Aid. I don't know. You know, <laughs> got something to drink. Came back. And when I picked the phone back up, it was silent. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I guess it sounds like, hello? And they're like, why are you writing for a woman when that needs to be you? I was like, oh, no. No. no, 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 no. I have no desire to be a rapper. I'm good. And they're like, yeah, no, we're going to insist upon this. And they eventually wore me down. So I started writing for me with them on some uh, um, cool like that stuff. <laughs> and um, I was very, very uh, dedicated to that thing until life kind of happened and the fellas had to go off their own directions for whatever reason. Uh, The women in their lives decided that they needed to not do that for a while. Mm. Um, And in the interim, I had gone back to school full time. So I was messing around on uh, college radio and I um, started interviewing everybody out of the city. Started interviewing everybody out of New York and people didn't realize they were on a college radio station because I didn't make it clear. And uh, from there, I don't know. People just, they thought I was funny on Twitter or whatever. So they would ask me to write, you know, would you would you want to write about this or would you want to write about that? And I'm like, I wanted to be a writer since elementary school, of course. So uh, I ended up getting the gig at All Hip Hop um, through that. And... That's Chuck's. Um, that's mm-hmm. Chuck's outlet, right? Yep. Chuck and when Cremont. I came in, yeah, yeah I came in um, a contributor, and I left the managing editor. So, so my question to you is: Do you feel like my the beginning career. of your career was a series of happy accidents that kind of started to? form the direction uh, of your career? Because it seems like you weren't trying to be a video host, right? You're backstage, you have one thing that happens that seems pretty devastating. You end up getting a job as a video host. You're not thinking, I'm not trying to be a writer. And then next thing you know, you're a writer, you're now on radio. And I, the thing that I love the most is that you've gone back and you're also a professor. And I love that, that you've taught and you're teaching and you're passing all of that knowledge on, especially about hip hop, because right now with the 50th anniversary of hip hop this year, there's a lot of attention on it. But I think that it's really important. And I always talk to this with young artists when I speak to them about knowing the foundation of something. I'm like, you can build a house, but you need a really strong foundation. Know the foundation, know where certain things come from, know how to use certain things, know why this is relevant, know why this person is is relevant to the culture and why certain things are the way they are. How how do you find when you're teaching these classes and and, and these students about hip hop, what is it that they really want to know? And what are you fascinated about that they don't know? Okay. There are a lot of questions there. So I'll start (laughs) off with the happy accidents. Mm. Um, I think maybe in the beginning, I used to believe that, but with everything that I've gone through in the last full, say five years, uh, I don't believe that anymore. I'm preparing to be on MTV or something one day since I was about five years old. So mm-hmm. I think 
preparation meets opportunity. And, and if you're prepared, then you just turn that into whatever. So, uh, no, I don't really think it's happy accidents. Um, I think I got blessings that came at times when I didn't even know I needed them. You know what I mean? Right. And I and I was able to capitalize on that. Um, as far as the professor thing, this is another thing that I wasn't looking for. I got asked to do like most of the stuff that I do that's dope to people. I didn't apply for that position. Right. <laughs> asked me to do it. Um, and I, I'll give you a quick example. I, oh God. Hope this doesn't come back up, but whatever. I got asked to be. That's why editor. I never talk about my classes on. Nor do I let my students know I have a podcast. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I can't. They listen. They're serious. I can't get around that. But um, <laughs> shouts to them. But uh, Jerry Barrow, shouts to him, was the first one to make me an editor, and. I thought that it was just this site called the Urban Daily and that was it. And um, so my first night at work, you know, I'm like the editor on duty, like, this is great. You know, I write whatever I want. Cool. I got a pitch to nobody else. What's up? And so I write this piece. I'm scared to say this, but I wrote this piece called Rick Ross gets 24-7 NYPD security like a boss because I thought that was very funny. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whatever. I went to sleep and the next morning, my phone is blowing up. You're crazy. You're crazy. I'm like, what? I didn't know because I didn't ask for that job. I didn't research it well enough. I didn't understand that was the entertainment newswire at the time for all of Radio 1. <laughs> <laughs> so that story was all You the just literally spit it all the way out. <laughs> oh, I know a little something about saying something. It ends up places you don't want it to end up. <laughs> Williams people were reading my writing, like all these people were reading what I wrote and it was on Russ Parr and it was on Ricky Smiley and all this. And I'm like, what? No. My boy's like, go Google your name in that title, fool. And I went and looked like, there's like hundred something different. And I'm like, oh my God, people are tweeting and retweeting. I'm like, Rick Ross face are you kidding me? <laughs> so i just thought that was funny and like 500 people might see it i didn't know it was gonna right. look like that like okay game on now i know what i do i thought it was gonna be fired for sure i thought it was fired um mm. and Bear was like oh that's what i brought you here to do like oh okay didn't know sorry i was just being stupid I, whatever um but i try not to be stupid in my class because that's not <laughs> thank you but every now and then i am because i'm still gonna be sky and i'm not stupid when i say stupid i don't mean stupid as in dumb i mean stupid as in goofy all right mm. um my classes are just everything to me because these students are coming in blank canvases they don't know they may have heard something or a little bit of something in the car with their parent or whatever but the more their parents want them to not listen to what they like and listen to what the parents want then the more they don't want to hear it so when they come in they don't really have a lot of or, or maybe they do have preconceived notions but my favorite thing is watching them organically get destroyed those preconceived notions just go away because they start to say stuff after they get to meet Pete Rock or Big Daddy Kane or um, DMC or uh, Melly Mel, just any of these people that I brought to class. <laughs> they start to say stuff like, hey, how come, how come um, none of y'all stuff sound the same? 
I make them a playlist. It's like 16 hours long and not right. one song sounds like any other song. And that blows them away. Wow. And then they're like, they were telling the one of the funniest things when I first did the playlist, one of the funniest things they were saying in class, like, they were telling stories in there even, and the words don't hardly repeat ever. And, and the one, the girl, they said she was going to die, but I thought maybe she wasn't going to die, but she died. I'm like, <laughs> I said, like, oh, Renee? Are you talking about Renee? That was very funny. Wow. They love peaks every semester. Um, Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals, uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Hey. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So really in their heads, the music, because today, because we talk about on the show about how a lot of hip hop, I can't tell who's who because everybody has the same flow. They're rapping kind of over the same beat. And they're so used to that, that it, when you gave them a playlist where no song sounded alike, their mind's blown. Blown. And then the fact that people are are not saying the same things, even though they're talking about the same topics and just all of it. They were so, and I'm like, I have to explain to them, you don't bite off of somebody that is not cute or accepted, you know? And so biting, like the, the idea of that is really- Just over their heads, right, yeah. And I'm like, well, let me ask you guys this. If your job is to stand out, how can you do that if you're trying to be and look like everybody else? Yeah. And they were just like, eh, they had nothing. They're like, oh, yeah. Well, that's also, I mean, I mean, there was a, I mean, it, there is, a, there was definitely a similar, you know, a beat that was used a lot in the 80s. I mean, there was that sort of boom, boom, back, well, boom, boom, back. Yeah. Way, but they yeah. did something different with it every they time. They did that something was- different with it. But it's also. And nobody's voice sounded the same. Well, they didn't they, rap the same. Their flow wasn't the same. Well, it's the you difference when you have. Right. Absolutely. And the difference between the beginning of something when you don't know what the, how the movie's going to end. And now all these kids know exactly not your students. I'm talking about the artists themselves. They know exactly what the goal is and the game plan is. And so when you know that it's the same reason why you get the same sort of movie over and over again, the same sort of everything. And everybody's getting their information from very narrow cast sources. So you can exist in a world I mean, but you couldn't lie about who you were and what you did. Then we would no. cast out. You would have to go. You couldn't be here. Right. And and that's the other thing that you know a lot of them are lying now. This isn't their existence, but it's what they right. talk about. We couldn't do that before, and and so they're learning about that. And then I have them reading um, a couple books that they have to do. Actually, there's a, a paper due this week on Rakim, and these kids are enamored with Rakim. Like when they leave my class, they are, they want to be Rakim too. (laughs) That's good. That makes me really happy. Yes, (laughs) good. A few few months ago, I saw Rakim at a show and I got to read him excerpts from their papers. And he's like, what are you doing to me, man? There's all these people (laughs) around, man. Can't be doing me like, uh," you know, (laughs) he was really touched um, because he said, he told me, you know, I didn't write that for y'all. I wrote that book for them. And to know that they're getting it, that meant a lot to him. This and I'm is like, his, oh. his, his memoir that he did? The memoir mm-hmm. that he did? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And it's great because the stuff that's in this book, like there was a, um, a young Muslim brother um, who wrote a paper and it had me in tears because he said he didn't really feel like he fit, fit in on the campus. So he comes to my class fully expecting that I don't know what I'm talking about and it's going to be cheesy or corny. And he reads this book and he's like, this book just changed my life. Like you've given me something to hold on to for the next three years that I'm here. 
Wow. What do you do with that, right? What do you right. do? Right, that's, that's, yeah. That's well, you hold it, you hold it to, to counteract every time you have a kid staring at you and not knowing what, you know what I mean? No, seriously. I mean, you have to take those moments where you, you do what you thought you went into teaching to do. And the thing that's mm-hmm. cool, Amy, is that most moments are like that for me mm-hmm. in this class. Um, the self-discovery is crazy and I'm trying to give them something they can take outside of when, you know, when they're done. California State University is four years of your life, but what are you going to do when you leave here? You know what I mean? And, um, trying to give them something to inspire them and making them realize when special ed comes, when Kwame comes, when all these guys come, and I always make a, a, point to say, and how old were you when that happened? And how old were you when you, because I say, you see, they did all this, they changed the world and they were younger than you. They were in high school what are you junior waiting? high. What are you waiting for? Cause you yeah. don't have to wait till you're in your thirties to, to, to pursue a dream. You still go to school. You still get, you know, everything you're supposed to. I use my education every day, but it also helped me because I figured out how it could, you know what I mean? I think it's important that we make being smart cool again. Absolutely. Thank you very much for saying that. I mean, you know, and also just being, I mean, again, this is the narrow, I just finished reading this really interesting article in the New Yorker, if I could sound like a white girl from New York for a second, and um, about how humanities, enrollment in humanities problems in colleges is plummeting. And one of the reasons is because people are like, well, there's no money in it and I need to do something to make money. So they're going into STEM. There's nothing wrong with STEM. Or if you're a foreign student, you don't stay on your student visas long. If you're on a humanities class, you stay longer if you're a STEM because they think they can, it'll be a payoff. But when you don't think critically, when you lose the ability to think critically, then you have X, Y, and Z going on uh, across the board. You and I have talked about this um, before, Amy. Critical thinking skills stopped being taught in school when they were teaching to a test. Mm -hmm. And so these students get into my class and I'm like, all right, so listen, um, I want you to write me a paper about what you thought about, uh, like they got next week, they will be watching the movie House Party and Juice and all this kind of stuff, right? So I'm like, all right, you need to write your paper Tell me, you know, what you think? What did you get out of it? And they're like, well, is there a rubric? And I'm like, what? No. Is there a rubric? Or can I Google it? I'm always like, I mean, yeah. No, there's no prompt. What are you doing right now? I I don't want you to write a paper to me. I know my opinions. I don't want you to give me my opinion. I have that conversation with myself if I wanted to do that. I want That makes me feel good only because I have, I have to, you know, not to get, but it's always like, I'm asking you how many times a day does someone ask you for your opinion and you'll be rewarded for it, right? Right. I I know that the person who professionally writes is going to have a better opinion because they're getting, not better, it's going to write better because they're getting paid for it. It's like, this is your chance. It's really sad. It's sad across the board. And and it's reflected in the music we listen to, the films we watch, the politics we have, because people can't make educated, and educated not meaning college, right. educated in terms of the, to- we're all lucky enough that we have a wide scope of knowledge, a wide scope right. of friends, a wide scope of experiences. But I, yeah, boom, 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 hitting head against the microphone, which I won't yes. do because it'll drive Courtney crazy and then the sound uh, will be nuts. <laughs> it but it's, be- it's cool, Amy, too, because, and, and Courtney, I think you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. I have to show you some of this stuff we, when I get a minute. 
they have done these projects. They have a final project at the end of the, uh, the semester. I have them in groups. They stay in these groups all semester because I'm teaching them about the various communities within hip hop. It's not just one conglomerate. It's a bunch of different things with a bunch of different thought. And I want them to understand that. So I want them to foster that community feeling. So we do a lot of group work. And at the end, they have to turn in this group project. I am bawling my eyes. I am ugly crying the last day of school. Okay, the last day of class, it is bad for me. I'm like, I'm trying so hard. <laughs> because they do things like, um, one of them did a, uh, one of them last semester did a, a fake newspaper. And each one wrote articles about what they got out of the class. Oh, nice. And so it's like you see Rakim's picture, of course. That was the first thing. And then mm-hmm. you'll see like a BDK or, you know, whoever came to class and, and they and they wrote a piece about what they thought about that experience or whatever. And one of these girls wrote this piece. Um, it touched me because she had never heard anything but mariachi music wow. before she came into class. Like she had zero experience. I had students last semester when I said, when I say, you know, who is hip hop? What do you think? They were like, uh, Winnie Houston. <clears throat> no, no. Oh, wow. Selena. <laughs> Selena. I said like, bitty, bitty, bomb, bomb. Oh, compared to Whitney. Compared Selena to Whitney Houston, is. She, Selena might be is hip hop. I love Selena. I was like, <laughs> no. wow. Okay. Uh, this is where I have to start from. So I, I I taught it a bit different because I wanted them to see that, you know, um, there was definitely a Latino influence because a lot of the Bronx, I mean, come on. So it's like, yeah, which is which gets no pun intended not to be it gets a, lost gets in the white, story of which of, gets of whitewashed out a lot it and absolutely which is does. In, in, in Latino influence because where are the people from the Bronx from hello yeah um so I was like so I brought people in who could speak to that and we made them feel included and it. it was a really cool thing well she wrote a piece about that nice you know and it's she's like I'm leaving a fan like I came in with no knowledge and no desire and leaving a fan like and of course Rakim is her favorite so <laughs> it makes me very happy I was about to say Ra- that's I mentioned so good. Rakim to people and they look at me like and yeah good because he could put out an album tomorrow if he wanted he could do to do the ABCs Amy and I'd be the first Yeah one. I mean the the, thing- the resurgence of Nas I'm sorry the resurgence yeah. of Nas has yeah. proved that you're not there's no expiration date But for there's talent. just something yeah. about him even for a person like me it's like we go through it all the time in the show like I'm, you know, I appreciate hip hop, but I was always, you know, Paradise Garage, dance music, Gracious Underground, house music kind of guy. Hip hop was not, not, not my strongest genre. But I was the music director of my school's radio station, so I would program a lot of it. But there was something about Rakim from the beginning. The voice. The beginning. I'm like him. Right. He's the coolest dude on the planet. Like, no. Because like him and Big Daddy Kane, Big Daddy Kane had that same. Well, they had the man vibe. They had the man vibe. And I love, I love their flow. I love what they had to say. Those records still stand up today. Mm -hmm. And there's something about when either of them walks into a room where you see even all the other hip hop people are like, yo, it's like a, it's like a a thing. I won't name names. Court, that's exactly Mm -hmm. right. I Mm -hmm. won't name names. I was backstage as one of those, um, like super duper jam fests where it was like everybody that you ever loved was Mm -hmm. performing that day. And when he got off the elevator, it was the first time I ever met him. He got Mm -hmm. off that elevator and came around the corner. And everybody was like, yeah, how you doing? And jumping up and down, 
everybody. Mm-hmm. Men and women. It's funny. It's funny you say that because at the Great Day in Hip Hop photo shoot, I was helping my friend Leslie with stuff. Every rapper in the in the world, every single rapper to a person was like, "I want to meet Debbie Harry and I want to <laughs> meet Rakim." And they were like, these are guys who are making millions of dollars in rap, okay? And they're just like, Rakim's here? And it was like, parting of the seas. Yeah. He yes. just, so people- and, and he carries himself that way, though. He just, there's right. an air. You know, some people have an air around them. He's majestic. He's got, he's he's got majestic. that kind of energy. When I saw him come out during the, the Grammys, Hip hop anniversary moment. I was like, "Oh shit, Rakim is on the Rakim." You know <laughs> right. That is the reason why I haven't allowed myself to watch it yet. Um, mm-hmm. Because I was supposed to be there. I just got mm-hmm. um, whatever the word is inducted or whatever it is into mm-hmm. uh, the Grammy class of twenty two. I was supposed that was supposed Congrats. to be my first Grammy, so I appreciate okay. you. I didn't mean to flex. I said it because I'm sad. I was no. supposed to be in the room, and I missed that. Um, mm. I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't go to the Grammys, and I, of course, I was in LA the very next day. I messed around and had a heart attack situation the week before, mm-hmm. so I, mm-hmm. I wasn't there, and I hurt because I would have loved to see what right. happened. That man. Hit the stage. Oh, they, they cut to the audience. I'll tell you what happened. Everybody's collective <laughs> jaw dropped of people who would know. You know when someone matters, when you see someone like Jay and who he was standing with, they're all looking at each other like, oh. When Method Man came out, it was the same kind of reaction. Yeah. They were singing along with him. Because Rakim and Meth, to a point, are not the guys you think are going to show up at these things. I mean, that's the power. Yeah. I want to ask you this real – I mean – I always, uh, you know, talk with, you know, my, I love hip hop and I love, but my roots musically, the first genre I found and he- and was, I felt like I was part of a foundation in a way was punk rock. Mm-hmm. And I sort of uh, still kind of in a weird way, look at things in a punk rock vein, even though I'm a middle-aged woman, um, year and a half from the fr- half price Metro card. Very excited about that. Um <laughs> What do you think about all this, like, it's great that there's a 50th anniversary, but all this, like, there's a photo show, and there's a book, and there's a tour, and there's a, a this, I mean, and it's from people who ignored hip-hop forever. I mean, what do you think about all the... I think the- it's important because the pioneers don't get their just due ever. When you have people talking about Dre is the... Wait, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> I was a child when this came out. He's a baby. What are you talking about? I think it's important <laughs> after having a conversation with Cole Herc, Um, I think it's very important that they get their just due because they don't hardly get to eat or they haven't gotten to eat right. um, uh, off of um, what they created that we're all out here like blood-sucking vultures, you know, living off of so yeah without them we don't have anything to do right okay and even your favorite target commercial has hip-hop influence so it's important to me that the culture not just rap music but the culture is celebrated that's what i teach um that number one so it is important and they should be given their flowers why we still have them because we're losing people at a ridiculous pace right now so yeah, I think it's very important that this is celebrated, but I also think it's important, like I'm working on a piece right now about um, this is the 50 year anniversary, where are the DJs? Mm, good point. They're not Why even mentioned. Good point. I just had this conversation with a friend. I was like, this is great, but it was like, 
I feel like there's a big part we're not talking about. This started with people literally having to take break beats and take records and DJ them together. But we're not talking about them at all. That's the foundation of it. The music before the words. Right. And I bring DJs to my class even. Like, I am a, a, I love all things you know, graph and b-boying and and, and and sneakers now and all that stuff. But take me to a DJ battle. I am in ten toes down. I want I want everything to do with it. Yes, please. And thank you. This is the reason why I make them watch Juice because I wanted to see mm. DJ battles. Nice. Um, I think it's important that we remember it was he's the DJ. I'm the rapper. You know what I mean? Like. He was top billing. This was all because of the DJ and respect the DJ is a hashtag that I believe in. And I, I don't see this right now. So I'm, I'm writing a piece for Boom Bap Nation for that. People have conflated DJ with producer. That's what uh, has happened. No. Well, I'm not well, us. I'm saying people think of the producer. DJs well, are producers I, as well. well yeah. and, 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 I'm, and we're starting to see that a lot of these new rap acts, they're coming out. They don't have a DJ anymore. They don't. There's no, they there's right. no DJ. There's no DJ. Right. You know what I mean? Everything's on a track and right. there's no DJ on stage. Which makes that. it less than for me. Yeah. You know, like Jay-Z will have a, a whole string quartet and a brass band and a whole nine, mm-hmm. but right. he also has Young Guru. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like. Come on, that's still yeah. A, you need to uh, have you need KG out there with Naughty. If you're going to bring Naughty out, bring KG. Listen, so I, have, so I feel about producer, right? Short, right so a I feel like Spinderella is a, an important part of Salt oh, and Pepper. Yeah. I've always yes. believed that it is Salt and Pepper and featuring Spinderella. Um, yeah, that's a you know? yeah. No, very much. I mean, there's it's like and you know there's a way, and I think you're obviously doing it of of educating and teaching and illuminating stuff without coming off like you kids get off my lawn with your yeah, hippity yeah, hop. You know that's not cool. hippity hop. You know, um, and so I applaud you for that because it's a hard thing to make something relevant that's not currently happening to make to right. connect those dots. Right. You know, between what happened and what's happening now, you know. But when right. it's, it's good, it's a, oh, go ahead. I'll say, but when it's good, and this is what I've noticed with young people. When I've I've turned, I had some young people in my life who did not know who Prince was. I turned them on to Prince. I had young people in my life who did not know who Grace Jones was. I turned them on. When it is good, I always believe when you point them to something, it is like opening up a whole world to them because they're like, oh my god. I had no idea this existed. Yeah, it's fun, though, because you get to be a part of seeing it again through their lens. So Mm -hmm. I get to Mm -hmm. do this every semester, you know what I mean? And and it's it means a lot to me that they like it as much as they do. But it also means a lot to me that they can take that with them. And when my students saw the 50 year celebration at the Grammys, they knew who they were looking at. I love that. That made my I like cried for that. Yeah, yeah, that's my time behind this education thing. <laughs> I had a student of mine because I teach a. This is the first time ever in ten years of teaching a college level where I've taught a class where they want to be there as opposed to they have to be there because it's yeah, a, for and sure, it's a huge difference. Um, and I'm teaching like a punk and hip hop class, like for, you know from the beginning type of thing. And I had one of my students who's lovely, and he said, 
oh, you know, professor, I've, I've started listening to punk rock now. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. And then he tells me who he's listening to. And I'm like, yeah, that's not really that's punk not rock, but I'm rock. glad that you're listening to something that has a guitar in it. I mean, that's a, yeah, Blink-182, not really punk rock, but okay, you're, you're there. Now we just have to rewind it. So this know? question is for both of you. How do you plan a curriculum for a hip hop or punk rock? Like, oh, I don't want to say like, this in case anyone's listening. No, I mean, like, well, just like, where do you start? Like, how do you know where to start? Because there's so many places you can start. Well, my class, I'm doing, like, literally, like, you know, UK punk rock, American punk rock, you know, here we go, we see, blah, 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 blah. And then my class, very beginning, 70s, and we're focusing, the end game will be downtown New York in the 80s. Gotcha. Where it was all mishmash. Because, yeah, you could be teaching for the rest of your life. You could be teaching yeah. 50 years. You have a different, you have a very. I do. Mine yeah. is called, I have too many entertainers who come to my class. So it's real flaky. And um, we don't know where we're going. <laughs> I Just need that. Up, Enjoy the ride. I need, That's that. I need more guest That's speakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Courtney, what you do is when you're making a syllabus, you do a lot of TBD on, on readings. <laughs> uh-huh. And then you do a lot of guest speakers and movies. Okay. <laughs> a lot of I movies. Actually, I actually do that, that. There's your helpful hint. <laughs> I actually do that because it makes a greater impact. If, like, for my fashion majors, I always have fashion majors in my class for some reason. Mm. And I say, okay, when I have do sneaker culture and when I do, you know, streetwear clothing or whatever, I bring in Keith from from Fubu. And I right. bring in, you know, sneaker designers who design for Jordan and Adidas and everybody else because they have a better way of telling it than me. I can say what I think about whatever and grade you on it, but I, I want to to hit a little bit harder for those who care to be hit harder. You know what I mean? So And also um, to show it in terms of a viable career thing in a in a real kind of my son is works at Nike and it's like he I always laugh. I go, if you look at his paper, we I know you made we're gonna be talking, don't worry. Um <laughs> maybe he'll talk to you. Um we I tell people you could look at his papers that he wrote in second grade and they were like i love basketball i love sneakers i love hip-hop and pretty much at 34 that's it actually those are the stories and now he has a kid so the kid's in there so it's basketball yeah Yeah, and now the kid but yeah yeah, no but it's it's like if it's your love if it's your first love you you kind of stay with it and and it's but showing people how my thing is, is like, and I guess that's why I asked you the question about the 50 years is, and I come, like I said, I come at it from a very, I was not of the culture. I was a fan, but I was not in the park, you know, <laughs> you know, at all. Um, respecting it, promoting it, making people realizing it without commodifying it so much that it loses the spirit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think the problem is it's been commodified to death for, by everybody but them. So everybody else has gotten paid and everybody else is eating off what they created. Let's, let's, let's give them one. Cause I'm telling you right now, this stuff does not have, doesn't come with a pension. Not at all. It doesn't come with a health plan. Not at all. And it seems like (laughs) the only time anybody gets anything is if they get sick or die. Right. Well, it's like basketball. Like, are you the goat Manigault or are you like a superstar now? And that guy, maybe you'll get a documentary, you know. Well, that's because people think of people like the Puffs and the Jay-Zs, right? And those are the anomalies, people who really had a different a path in, in hip hop that made them a lot of people a lot of took money. all the money out of it and didn't yeah. reinvent. 
reinvest it. Let's just well, keep it up. That's entertainment in every aspect. It's like so it's, they, they it, took it out of the, what yeah. was cultural and community. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Commodified culture and community, and didn't give anything back. Like you know, right. my favorite thing to say sometimes, and I, you know, I was a Jay Z stand before it was cool to be a Jay Z stand, but. What does Jay-Z bring to Marcy Projects when he comes to visit? Beyonce. Okay. Well, how about an exterminator? Right. Right. Just right. saying. Or when you see multinational corporations that are responsible for gentrifying neighborhoods that are driving artists and people out, hiring an artist to put up a mural because, oh, look, we're down. You know? Look, look, how, look how cool we are. Aren't we cool? Let's change the name of Harlem. Right. No, let's not. Oh baby, Girl. let me tell you when they tried that so hot shit. Or the I live, South Bronx. I live in Harlem, <laughs> so it was like that's when all of the black people stood up and was like, "Enough!" Right, but it's happening across the country, and I, right, yeah. nobody. We had a renaissance or Dobro. That's my new one. You know what Dobro is? Downtown, Downtown Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. No, Dobro. I told you. Listen, there's all of this new <laughs> development. Like I, I live here in the 130s. The building that opened up the street from me on 135th and Saint Nick. You know they they do the set aside. We have to set aside buildings for affordable units and it's going to be income based and the minimal income for you to apply for that one of those affordable units was ninety thousand dollars a year and i'm like so and they're saying well that's you know we're taking one person and they say we're taking in the median rent of the neighborhood i'm like but you're counting like the upper west side and upper east side that's not the median rents for harlem so if i'm a young person in harlem listen i've made ninety thousand dollars in my career so but i'm a grown person in my 50s and when i was in my 20s I was in the 50,000 something range, 60,000. It wasn't until in my 30s that I got to that point. But should I have to be in my 30s to be able to move out of my parents' house because it's just been priced out and inaccessible? There are people who live in what y'all would probably consider flyover states um, Mm -hmm. that will never make 90,000 their whole career. Um, I've only, I don't, you know, I was a freelance writer for the majority of my adult life. I was not raking in the box. No, no, no. You get $500 for you. You first, the first time you hit 500 for a piece. You're like, wait, you want to pay me a, you want to pay me a quarter or word? Party on, Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) We're all going out for dinner. Um, oh my God, Sky. Courtney, you have a, do you want to? Uh, well, I just I could talk to you like forever. I want to talk to you forever. I think radio is really important. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out. Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I'm yeah. really, really glad that you're in radio. I grew up listening to the radio. I have started listening to the radio again. I have a radio that's in my bathroom and I keep it on 24-7. And I switch between a couple of stations. Like each week I just, I'll go to a different station and it stays on there all week. You know, I know that people try to act like, oh, you know, the way everybody delivers music, 
you know, it, it's it's an outdated format, but it's not an outdated format. Right. To me, if you look at who gets played on the radio and then you go to their streams, you actually see the difference between those people who are getting radio play and then right. what people are going home and streaming. So I, how do you, how have you seen radio change from your time starting to present day? And um, do you get to program your own, because you are on Sirius XM, can you, do you feel like you can break records and play something? Do you have to stick to a list? Do you have a list? I love this because that's actually what I do every mm -hmm. week. Um, DJ Revolution is the one who does a fantastic job. He and, and King Tech when Rev is like on the road doing his DJ Revolution thing. Um, I am in charge of my segments and my segment is often breaking new artists. The majority of each week, I'm breaking a new artist for our listeners. Um, and maybe they've been around for 20 years for all we know, but we haven't heard them yet. So if I haven't heard it, it's new to me. You know what right. I mean? Um, so yeah, um, I've been blessed to be able to make a career out of um, lionizing, if you will, you know, treating a regular guy like a big shot, lionizing um artists who would have just been lost on on um youtube maybe or soundcloud or something otherwise and i take it personally you know what i mean if i talk about an artist i don't just put them in a mix like i actually say this is so and so from such and such you know this is what we know about them here's what i like about them see what you think and um some of the artists that i've been on this journey with i mean i will be it this summer it'll be 10 years that i've been on the wake up show on Sirius. And um, it's rumored that M listens to the show routinely. Love that. Who knows? Who knows if what he's inspired by? Do you know right. what I mean? And like right. one of the artists that I went hard into paint for actually does songs with Eminem now, and that's Joyner Lucas. So it's nice. like, you know, I think that when I get to see those guys, Lecrae, when I, um, wrote about Lecrae at All Hip Hop and I put him on one of the best of lists at the end of the year. I caught so much crap for that. And um, be, just because he was saying that he loved God. And I'm like, but he mm -hmm. says everything better than you. And I love God too. But I mean, that's not requirement, but you know what I mean? I, I, why would I put him there? He rhymes better than all oh, y'all. What are you talking about? And right. then Lecrae gets, you know, his Grammys and I'm like, mm, if only someone had said it from the jump, you know? Right. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's wonderful to me. And I take it very personally because these, these guys and the grandma and all them pile in the car sometimes in the middle of winter, just to hear it on the radio authentically. That means a great responsibility to me. If I'm yes. going to be a part of a moment like that, I have to earn that. And you know, there were a lot of times when people wanted me to dumb it down and to, you know, not have such high standards, but I refused to do that. I just refused to do that. I, you have to be able to rhyme. I don't deal with it if, it if it's not good. If you aren't good at what you're doing, if you can't write and rhyme it better than me, I mean, okay. But I, even when we were on, um, that one app where people were talking, I ain't going to give it no more clout. I'm not saying its name. Mm -hmm. And then we found out everybody was in there lying. So we stopped going <laughs> on that app. Um, <laughs> even in there, I would be on those panels, like play us your best or whatever. And, you know, mm -hmm. try to give people advice. And I would tell people all the time, push your pen. If you're right now, you want me to like it, you're going to have to push your pen. And so it got to be these guys who were just saying the same words over and over is basically chanting. You weren't really rhyming anything. If it's the same word, blue, 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 blue. That's no blue clue, shoe, do. <laughs> so I, 
have the flu. Whatever. You're not and it doing took eight it. people to write it because I looked at someone right. and saw something like, why did it take eight people to write this? Write that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one person came up with BL and the other person came up with UE. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would tell them, they were like, oh, I want Sky to hear. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> don't say that. Don't put that on me. And then they would play it. And I'm like, oh, boo. I have to push yeah. up. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you to that it's okay for you to attempt to be mediocre. You should wanna, you know, what my pops used to say, we sign our name with excellence always. And even if it's not the best in the world, if it's the best that you can do, then you you won the, the race with yourself. And I feel like they just don't even try to race, like they're still in the starting blocks, like want credit for that. And I'm not willing to do it. But because I never cheapened it the way everybody else did and the way they wanted me to, I'm still doing this. And a lot of my friends who told me I had to change it are working someplace. Authenticity always, listen, I believe that authenticity always wins. It's a long game. You can look at the short game and look at some people and be like, yeah, they did this, but they got all of those things for five minutes. Right. And in the sixth minute, (laughs) <laughs> you notice right. all well, of that is Rakim done and gone. Out. That's why you look that's at why it. Rakim that's why Rakim walks out. Right. Yeah. That's right. I'm saying that's right. what we were all saying. That's why Rakim walks out and people go, I want to meet him. That's why Nas sells out Madison Square Garden, even though, you know, because people go, yeah, maybe there's real heart well, and soul yeah, in this. I, I will tell y'all some one last thing. I will say this. Hmm. People have forgotten how to be fans of it. Everybody wants to be so cool and so down. My favorite thing, guys, is when I can go to a show, not as Sky Hook, but just as Sky. And the and the the teenager inside of me still gets her life. You know, I still get excited and giggly and jump up and down. I'm not gonna lie to you. I went to um I went to Nas and Lauren Hill. A friend of mine got last minute tickets at the Hollywood Bowl. And um we went and I was in the middle of the bowl. It's night. Nobody can see me. Nobody cares. They don't know who I am. They, why would they? And I was crying by the time he got to, I know I can't. I'm like, be what I want to be. Turn <laughs> 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 at it, Nas. I'll be where I want to be. I understand like, that. It's important to me to still be a fan. I'm still moved like that. I've not officially met Nas. I saw him backstage one time at this thing Sway was doing at the mm-hmm. sound set thing. And he rolled up and I was like, that looks like Nasir Jones. It is Nasir Jones. I gave him the nod. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just the, yeah. I gave him the nod. He gave me the nod back. We're best friends now. No, we never oh, yeah. changed. No, no, no. Years. You're getting matching tattoos next week yeah, for course. sure. He don't know me. He don't remember that. Nothing I do. And yeah. and so it's important to me that people remember it's still cool to be a fan of this thing. Like Listen, you don't just have to get money off it. You don't can still lose like- that part. I am still. I'm telling you, they used to make fun of me at every company I work with because I'd be the one at the concerts. I don't care if this artist is signed to our label. I'd be dancing and singing because I'm like, yeah, yeah I love music. I do this because I love music. And when it's good, I'm going to get up. I'm going to sing. I'm going to. And I think everybody today is so obsessed with feeling like they know everything. They know how yes. it's done. They know how it's made. They know these names. It's like, you actually don't know as much as you guys think you do. It's really complicated on the other side of it. And sometimes you just have to enjoy it and not think that you know it. Just go and get into the vibe of what is happening and put your fucking phones down. Live put the moment. It's so annoying. Live I, the moment. In this moment. You can't have this back, right? No. And I also think, um, and, and a, a misnomer about me, a misconception about me is that I only like like rap music. And I mean, I 
love it and I work in it, but I also do a slow jam show called Supreme Soul. Like, <laughs> they're like, oh, this guy's over there playing the Jerry Curl songs again. Like, hey, 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 some of your kids are here because of them Jerry Curl songs. Honey, with a good some of y'all are in this room song. because of them yeah. Jerry Curl songs. Yeah, there is nothing wrong now with it. Now ready for the world. You know, but <laughs> I, I, I love music, period. I mean, I grew up watching MTV where you had to wait for your favorite. You had to go through everything to see your favorite come on. Mm. And, um, so I, I think that maybe a little bit more of that and a little less instant gratification would probably do us all a little bit. Well, I think that it, I firmly believe that industry people, meaning executives, should not be allowed to go to shows because they talk throughout the entire show and they're on their phones. You should be like Courtney and me at the Pet Shop Boys and squealing like howler monkeys for an hour and a half and dancing. You guys got to go see Pet Shop Boys. Five oh, times. So I broke his Pet Shop Well, chair. I've never seen them and I love them. And we just saw them a couple of months ago. In at like Park. September. Like, the new water tour. Oh, so good. I've seen them five. Tones. And oh, and and I was so glad I hadn't seen Courtney for like forever, but I was like, <sighs> the best live band you will ever see. So good. I mean, they just give me, they no, give me I, everything. I, you know, I hit I, after hit after hit after hit, and you're like, holy crap! It was crap. just all hits, and it was all the songs I wanted to hear. No, you know who doesn't have a, two two terribly many hits, but I still really want to see him, and don't know if I'll get to. Mm. Tears for Fears. Am I alone? Oh, no. They have they're, more hits in their tour. They now. have they're a touring. lot of hits, and they're on tour now. They've gotten back together, now. and they have yeah. been touring. You oh, no. To, uh, oh, they hello, have, hello. And, and they sound yeah. fucking Great. amazing. No, they have a lot. <laughs> they you know sounded really, that? really good. ABC was just touring. I would have loved to have seen that. I mean, no, those bands have more hits than you would realize, actually. That's what's Probably so funny. So. Probably yeah. I don't even realize that it's that motherfucker sowing the seeds of love. Don't even get me started. That's my really fucking come on, you know, <laughs> uh, head over heels. You know, come right. on, that Something stuff happens in them. Head over heels. Oh, oh. my god. Well, you but know, they what? know what I. You know what I, I was just saying. You know when I found out that you remember uh, that. Um, oh anyway, but Sky, use your Sky hookness and go see Tears for Fears. They are touring. They are currently touring. All those, a lot of those '90s bands are touring because, just like you said, in terms of they've now realized there's a whole new generation of people. So many people are sampling this stuff. So much of this stuff is back in the zeitgeist. Yeah, go see them. I want to see Duran Duran too. That's a whole nother. Yeah, that's where I draw. That's they're touring as well. (laughs) They're touring. (laughs) They're touring because it's the 30th anniversary of. And and they just got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so they're touring off of that momentum. All of these guys are touring again, and also let's face it, there's a lot. They haven't been able to do anything for two years. So if you're an artist, you're like chomping at the bit. They're touring. Heaven Seventeen is playing. All these groups are touring. Susie Sue is coming back for the first time in twenty million years. Like literally everyone is coming out the woodwork to go out on the road. Basically, if you didn't OD in the 90s, you're back out on the road. (laughs) You weren't allowed to go to shows and stuff like that. You weren't allowed to see certain things. There's certain spectacles you can't recreate like a hammer show or something like that. You're never going to be able to see that again. But it was why it was so important to me that I finally, oh my God, finally got to see Janet over the summer. I was all... Triple masked up and everything, uh, scared. Like, I don't want to get, because I can't, I'm my health, I can't afford to yeah, take yeah, COVID. Yeah. But mm. I finally got to see her at, at an arena. I've been trying to see this woman my entire life. You'd never seen Janet Jackson? To, I didn't She's get young. To see her. She's young, of course. She's younger. Yeah, but Janet's been on the road. She's been in the industry a lot. Janet yeah, kind of has toured. Yeah, she's been, she's been on the road. Happened. 
every single time yeah. that I didn't get to go. And so I was crying at the Janet show, like, Janet, I'm here. Like, she don't know me. Just Janet, I'm here, though. You don't but know it, it, But the she thing is, but that it, show in 10 years. I promise you, I don't want to see that show. Now you're Madonna. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to see that show in 10 years. So seeing right. it where she's still, it's still good and she can still dip it and do and, and, and all this stuff yeah, and still be all, all the Yes, yes. But here's the thing. I've seen just about every Madonna tour. And the one thing I will say is she can always put on a great show. I'm hoping. (laughs) I'm pulling from the bottom of my pinky toe that this is a redemption moment with this tour because she's singing the hits. She doesn't like to pull out her hits. This is a greatest hits tour. It's celebration. I think she knows, listen, Madonna's a Leo. As a Leo, we can't keep getting kicked in our face. So there comes a point where you have to have the redemption arc. And I believe her live shows is where she always usually kind of reminds you of who she is. Now, am I nervous? Absolutely. Because this version of Madonna, I'm just like, wow, you're really, you're unique. In what you're That's giving. so cute. You're so, so cute. I'm just gonna be blunt. I'm gonna be blunt right now, y'all. Blunter than I've been this whole conversation. Um, I checked. I I checked out with the Drake in the chair moment. Ooh. I was like, oh, oh, honey. that really turned me out. I, was I like, what, wow. I would have preferred she say a proper, uh, proper British lady. I liked her I better. Like when she was I couldn't even deal with the proper oh. British lady where I she like that did better. that with. She did that with Jake in the chair, and I was mortified. I'm like, you're motherfucking Madonna. You're supposed to walk in rooms, and people are supposed to be like, oh, my God, it's Madonna. Not walk in, and people are like, oh, God, here she comes. What's she exactly. going to do? Exactly. With a big bag of bull yeah, crap. And, uh, yeah. and the biggest, one of the biggest pieces that I ever wrote at All Hip Hop, and mind you, it was All Hip Hop, <laughs> um, because we all know Prince wasn't a fan of her. Mm. They had a very, or or hip hop either. They oh, had yeah. a, they had a really contentious relationship. Yeah. And so when she decided she was doing this big tribute, those who knew were like, no, 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 no. He would be spinning in his grave. He don't want that. He don't want that. He don't want that. And she insisted that she was going to do this Purple Rain tribute. And I wrote a piece that said Madonna's Purple Rain tribute was more like Yellow Snow. Uh, and. <laughs> I had I was perfect. Yeah. 65, she, 70 year old white people on my on all Oh, I'm sure they were ready to kill over. I would I would be hundred percent with you because there is nothing in Madonna's music that even comes not that she doesn't do great stuff, but there is no corollary between their two music and just because she's there they, no, in the no, same no, hold room on. at no, the same time. They are on songs together. Okay. He that is him playing the guitar on like a prayer. At the end of Like a Prayer, he's playing the guitar, uncredited, and they also have a duet on her Like a Prayer album, which to me, she should have sang their duet. Or I was like, I or, or when they said she was going to do a Prince tribute, I was like, please don't do a ballad. That's not your strongest suit. And I don't understand when everybody dies, people always want to go to their sad songs. It's like Prince was a Prince was a big musicians you should have come on there with a music. right so that's why you don't do the ballads you do right. an up tempo yeah. and when she decided to come out singing nothing compares to you it was like oh, oh yeah. i was like you guys had, listen because they had they had a really weird friendship 
where they were friends, but they were like mean girl frenemies. Frenemies. Well, I mean, other. and he wasn't a walk in the park either. So they kind of mm-hmm. deserve each other, you know, in some ways. I mean, you know, but I don't, what, you didn't know he wasn't a walk in the park from what no, I've read? Well, no, well, this thing, you could tell mm-hmm. anybody who's like, Anybody who won't pick up a phone has somebody else dial it and then they get on and talk is not a walk in the park. park. (laughs) And uh, quite honestly, after working with some some of the biggest celebrities in the world, I can say this from knowing anybody who gets to be that famous, when you have that level of fame, it is not a walk in the park. People would absolutely get, okay, let me just shut up. So... It's just never a walk in the park when you get that big because there's so much. Unless every, you're Neil Tennant. You know, listen, but <laughs> Neil Tennant is like the coolest guy in the world. Neil Tennant will uh. show up to an interview by himself, you know what I mean, and be whatever. Prince and, and those kind of people, that they come from the real era of being rock stars, you know what I mean? Right. So they had all and- of that. It was 24-7, I'm a rock star energy. And on that note, yeah, like Sky. Sky. Thank you so much, Sky, for coming on. Sky? Tell us what oh, station, man. like what what's what what's your station at the time? Because you've got promote, two go. shows on there. Yeah, go. <laughs> on Sirius XM. I am on. I am only on one show on Shade. I'm on Shade Forty Five. Mm-hmm. Um, but it comes on two times a week, so there you no, go. No, but you also said you have a slow jam show, right? Oh, so that's well, I have my own radio station. Oh, work. Of course you do. Of course you do. you're not leaving why? job opportunities it's for the like, rest of us. Okay, she's like, oh, no, 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 sweetie. That's something different. That's my own show right. to go with and, my choreography studio. And then, and next, then I have a puppet show. next door show to my take, three Chick-fil-A franchises right, exactly. that I own. No, not Chick-fil-A. Never Chick-fil-A. But, and then I have a puppet show, and then I'm doing Mummer Shants later. You know what I'm saying? At a community center. And oh. there's a Broadway musical being adapted right. of my life that's opening and at, then the, Sky at the Sky on year. ice. Right. <laughs> Hip-hop on ice. Like, or I'm going to go feel ins- insignificant for the the rest of the I'm going to go apply for some jobs because clearly I'm just not doing enough. Just for the sake enough. of it. We're not I'm doing just not doing oh my God, I drag it's, my monkey ass out of bed every morning and I feel like winning. It's like I took a shower before 9.30 and I was like. Oh, you did? Look I was you. like, you are so accomplished. Look at you, ambitious. Just Look at you. Bursting out of me. Guys, I do most of what I do from a hot, like I literally taught from my hospital bed two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Oh, oh, now you're, oh, you you and your perseverance. Damn you, woman. Damn you. Well, here's the thing. I got to know this though. It doesn't matter. You can do it. That's all that matters. No, I don't want to. And before we go, I'm assuming your class is one of those, if people don't sign up early, it fills up very fast. Like you can't get into that class. Class. I'm That's taking amazing. your class next semester. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What do they call it when you just show up and you're not going for a grade? I forget. What is that called? Non-matriculation. Audit. I'm gonna oh, audit. Okay. I'm gonna audit your class. I think there'll be a blast. Okay. A blast. I'm gonna do it. It'll be fun. All right. All right. Well, that's it, kids. You know the deal. <laughs> <laughs> or do you? That's every problem. week I go to in the show and I can't remember where I am. I'm you're like, what is room. happening? You're in your room. I know. I keep looking around. I'm like, that's my plant. Hey, plant. Yeah. You know what the deal is. Thank you for listening to us on the Pantheon Podcast Network, where you can find over 60 amazing shows talking about every type of music. And then us, go figure. And you know, 
leave a rating for us. Leave a, fri- a, leave a star. <laughs> Tell a friend. Share us. Talk to us every day on Facebook. And I'm going to let you finish all one word. At Twitter, for now. At Finish yeah. Ima. At TikTok, I'm going to let you finish podcast. And all of the things. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Sky, so, love you. Mwah. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.